Today's episode is brought to you by Devon Bases. That's D-E-V-O-N. Devon Bases. Better by design. Go to www.devonbase.com and design your perfect base today. Welcome to another episode of The Emerging Composer. I'm Paige Garwood, and in today's episode, I'm going to step away from a composing topic, and I'm going to uh, share with you some advice that the old me wish I could give to the young me when I was getting starting out in music. See, I'm soon to be 65 years of age. I've applied for Social Security. I've embraced Medicare. Due to health conditions, I pretty much retired from active playing as a bassist guitarist. Having been at home fairly constantly this last year due to the pandemic and my health concerns, I've had a lot of time to reflect on what I think is important. And I had a good deal of time to look back in my life and tally up what I did right and what I did that could have been done better. But let's get a couple things straight first. The most important things I got right have to do with the woman I married and the children we raised. Those things I nailed. I just want to let you know that up front because the rest of this will not be a family advice episode. But everything I will speak to is laid on a foundation of a wife, children, and grandchildren who love me and believe in me and a God who has found me and saved me. I am unabashedly a Christian and that tradition frames my every thought and deed. One further contextual note. I've been teaching private music lessons full-time since 2000 and much of what you will read in this section will come from conversations and experiences I've had with various students throughout these last 21 years. All right, the first piece of advice from old me to young me. Number one, take the time to do the work while you have time to do the work. This is one thing I tell every one of my students who say they want to be really good. While you're in middle school, high school, and college, you have so much more time than you can devote to upping your musical game than you will have once you're out of school. Real life will come at you like a freight train. Put the practice time and study time in now before your spare time goes running away like the roadrunner at a Wiley Coyote family reunion. I don't demand that my students practice much, but this is how I tell if they're committed or not. And I adjust my lessons accordingly. Now, before you get all hoity-toity with me, let me tell you what I've discovered over the years of teaching. There are a few reasons kids take lessons. One, they want to. Two, their parents want them to, or three, it's a welcome respite from the craziness in their lives. None of these are bad. When I figure out which one of these categories a student falls into, I adjust the lesson and the workload accordingly. And I adjust my expectations accordingly. You just cannot use a cookie-cutter approach to teaching music. It's high-individualized art form, not a cookie-cutter, everybody-does-the-same-thing art form. Me, when I was young, I wanted to learn. And it was a respite from the craziness of my life. I spent several hours a day playing the guitar for my first few years. I no longer have several hours a day to devote to practicing anymore, but the time I spent as a young student practicing has paid off. I took advantage of the time when I had the time. Two, learn how to practice. Did you ever hear the phrase, practice makes perfect, when growing up? It's a lie. Perfect practice makes perfect. When I was at the Armed Forces School of Music in 1975 to 76, there were five bassists in the program at that time. Of these five bassists, I was the fifth best bassist when we started. You can do the math. 
When I graduated after all those years in the practice rooms and performances and lessons, I graduated fifth out of the five bassists. I hate math. I never made it out of the basement. Why? Well, the answer is found in a conversation I had with the best bassist in the school. I asked him why I was struggling with every lesson, and he just breezed through them. Even though we were using the same bass book, the same instructor, played in the same bands, his response jarred me. He told me, you have no focus. You always start your practice time with an assignment, but in a matter of minutes, you just wander off into stuff you already know. When I practice, I will take 10 minutes and do just one thing. If it's a scale, I will do that scale for 10 minutes. In that 10 minutes, I will play that scale 80 to 90 times. I will own that scale after 10 minutes. The second 10 minutes, I'll do another thing he wants me to work on. The third 10 minutes, I will devote to another thing, etc. For 10 minutes at a time, I focus on one thing. Until you get that, you will always be in the basement. Tough words. True words. I've never forgotten that conversation, and this is the first thing I teach every student. Learning to practice like this will also benefit you when the real-life things come barreling at you after college. You'd be surprised at how much 10 to 15 minutes of focused practicing can benefit you. So old me to young me, focus. Three, if music is going to be a big part of your life, you have to diversify. If you're learning music for your own enjoyment and have no intentions of playing or writing for anybody else, then you can ignore this. But if you have any intentions at all of making music a major part of your income, you must diversify. You must listen to and study different styles, whether or not you like those styles. You must pay attention to other musical disciplines, like music production, recording, sound engineering, songwriting or composition, etc. I had a bass student that only lasted two lessons with me. In our first lesson, I asked him what I ask every brand new student. What would you love to do more than anything else in the world with your music? His response to me was, I'd like to be a professional musician like you are. The ensuing conversation went like this. Okay, let's look at some southern rock bands and learn some of their tunes first. Him, I hate southern rock. Oh, well, let's look at some blues bands then. I hate the blues. I think you can see where this is going. I covered all the genres that you would hear in a pop and rock and blues world. His response was the same, that he hated whatever that genre was. I then asked him, what music do you like? He responded, I love thrash metal. I just stared at him for a minute and I said, thrash metal's fine. But you said you wanted to make a living as a musician. And you have to realize that you're deep in the heart of Dixie and yet you say you won't play any of the music that people in this part of the country love to hear. He only took two lessons with me, and then he was gone. You see, there's absolutely nothing wrong with thrash metal. It's an amazing genre. Great things are happening there. But if playing for others is in your future, you need to be able to provide the music that your audience wants to hear. Of course you want to do your own thing. You want to write your own music and have it accepted. I get it. But if you're playing in a public venue deep in the heart of Dixie, there should be some Skinner, some Allman Brothers in your playlist, maybe. Over my 40 years as a professional player, I learned to play everything from big band music of the 40s to the rock tunes of the 60s and 70s, country tunes straight out of downtown Nashville, and any of the popular tunes that were popular in the year that I was playing them. Diversification in music also involves other disciplines within the music world, not just playing different genres. 
Over the years, I took advantage of the opportunities to do musical things that did not involve my playing. I learned how to run live sound for a band. By the way, this would be an excellent place to learn this is at your local church. Seems like every church is looking for volunteers to help in the sound world. I learned to use Logic Pro and learned basic recording techniques. I even went back to school when I was 58 to get a grad degree in music composition. Diversification is all about giving yourself options. In life, everything ebbs and flows, and inevitably, some gigs go away. But if you have skills developed in other areas, you can often make up the difference from another area that you have skills in. It takes time to do all this. But if you're going to make a living as a musician, say what the Mandalorian would say. This is the way. So, what would I tell a younger me? I'd say diversify. Play different styles of music and do other things in music other than playing. Now, this leads me to my next section. Expand your view. Get lots of buckets. When I left the Navy music program in 1979, I decided I was going to make my living in the music world as a player. It was all I knew. And in my mind's eye, that was what a professional musician did to make his or her money. But there was a small problem. At the time, the musicians union in that area, Oakland, San Francisco, held sway over the best gigs. No problem, I said. I'll join the musicians union, which I did. But therein lies another problem. I had to be ready to drop whatever it was that I was doing if they called me up for a gig. With a wife, a child, and another child in the way, there was no way that I could afford to just sit around waiting on that call to come. So I quickly decided that it wasn't in the cards for me to be a professional musician. My family is much more important to me than music will ever be, and they did not deserve to starve while I pursued my dream. My thought was, I guess I can't be a professional musician because I can't get the studio gigs. What a narrow and nearsighted view that was of being a professional musician. I needed a bigger and more inclusive view of what it means to be a professional musician. So fast forward, late 2001. I'd become a network engineer. The events of 9-11 had unfolded, and my company laid off a lot of people, including myself. I started a video production company, which folded within the year, taking all of my money with it. I went through bankruptcy, losing everything except my house and a car. The only job I could find was teaching guitar lessons at a local music store. It was not nearly enough to support my wife and I. The kids were out on their own by this time. So I added some homeschool teaching gigs to the week. Luckily for me, within the metro Atlanta area, homeschooling is huge. Within a couple years, I found myself teaching private lessons in three locations and teaching music at three private academies. I had the occasional gigs with bands and some studio work as well. Not one of these endeavors was enough in and of itself, but collectively, it added up to enough. One day I woke up and realized, I am making my living solely for music. I had finally realized my dream of becoming a professional or vocational musician. Each one of the jobs I had was like a small bucket collecting money. Together, all those buckets were enough. So diversify yourself as far as skill sets go, player, sound engineer, composer, etc., but also diversify your income sources. Today's professional musician has to become king of the hustle. Now, my view of what a professional musician looks like today is a much bigger one than the one I had back in 1979. I have lots of small buckets of income. I record, I play live a little. 
I've composed music for choirs, dance companies, few short films. I teach private lessons locally and online. My life has its ebbs and flows, like I mentioned. And since the pandemic, my personal private lessons have taken quite a hit. But I increased my online lesson activity to make up the difference. One bucket went away. Another bucket was added. Older me to younger me? Diversify. That's a good word. And here's the last thing I want to tell the younger me. Don't forget to have fun. This may be the most important thing I would want to tell my younger me. In the process of hustling to make the money, it can get easy to forget just why you became a musician. For me, it was simple. I loved music. I would play for hours and never call it practice. It was fun. But there came a time after 2001 when I became a full-time musician when it became a job, just like any other job. You wake up, you eat breakfast, you go to work, you come home, you eat dinner, wash, rinse, repeat. I was playing or writing music that others wanted me to play and write, and that's not bad. I mean, come on, our job as a musician is primarily to provide entertainment and music that an audience wants, not necessarily what I want. I don't know when precisely it happened, but at some point a switch flipped and I decided to learn how to write sacred choral music and to study counterpoint. Why? There was no market for what I would come up with. Nobody was listening to the style of music I wanted to write or compose. My sole reason for doing this was I wanted to. That style fascinates me. By the way, and that style is like late 1600s, early 1700s. And the sound of that music captivates me. I listen to Palestrina and I am in another world. So I do it for just for the sheer joy of it. It's so different from anything else I do musically. Composing music, choral music has become an oasis of joy in the midst of all the busyness of my other endeavors. So have something you do that's just because you want to do it. I have a good friend who is a marvelous bassist. And the thing he loves to do outside of playing music is to build bases. That's his happy place. Find your happy place. Old me to young me, don't forget to have fun. Well, that about covers it. I don't believe in regrets because I believe everything in my life, good and bad, happens for a reason. Everything I've experienced and seen throughout the years has molded me to be the person I am right now. And I like this version of me. Having said that, though, there are things I wish I would have known, which I've enumerated here. These are the things I tell any of my students who are considering music as a career and what I wish somebody had told me when I was young. One last piece of advice from the older me to younger me. Don't sweat it. It's going to be fine. Mr. G out.